It's good to be with you all this morning, whether you are uh, here in person or watching or listening online. Always good to uh, connect with one another. Hey, did you know that um, identity issues are not something that is new? That um, people have been struggling with their identity all the way back to, to Adam and Eve. And typically we are trying to find our identity or we identify based on what we do. Thank you for that. Um, or what we identify with is, is how we feel, which then typically expresses itself through what we do. But what we do does not necessarily reveal who we are. That's why we're in the middle of this series called In Christ Jesus. And what we're doing is we're, we're looking at what God, the God of the Bible has to say about our identity, our true core identity. And to do that, we're, we're simply looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. That's it. We're taking a deep dive into that. Um, and so this morning, we're going to be looking at really the very end of verse 4 and then verses 5 and 6. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles, I would encourage you to do so. If you have a church Bible, it's page 1156. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 because I think it's always important that we have things in their proper context. And it's good to, to be reminded of what we've been talking about thus far. So Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Now this is the focus of this morning. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. You know, I, I first want us to see the heart of God. I want you to see in these verses the heart of God and that God's heart is one of love. It's a, a heart of love for you and for me. Um, Sutton pointed this out last week, but the first 14 verses are actually in, in the original transcript. It's just one long run-on sentence. And so it's interesting how we have broken it up in our Bibles where you've got these last two, two words in, in verse 4, and then you get all of 5 and 6. But he, here's our focus this morning. It says, in love he, so that's God the Father, predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, though it's through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, so you are saved by grace through faith, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The beloved is Jesus. The beloved is Jesus. So notice it begins in love. It begins with love and it ends with love that God loves us, and that he's had a plan to rescue us from the beginning, really from the beginning of time as we know it, that he has this plan to, re, to rescue, really, to um, redeem, to reconcile rebellious people like you and me to himself through Jesus Christ, through Jesus' death on the cross. Now, it wasn't fair that Jesus died on the cross, 
That was not fair. But God demanded justice. And so what we see embodied in Jesus is God's justice and his love. In Jesus, we see both God's love and his justice embodied. And it's important that we see this. See, ever since the day, that day in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve chose to eat the forbidden fruit, when, when they even ran and they hid from God, there's been brokenness. That, that relationship between mankind and God the Father has forever been broken. And in, in that moment, because of their original sin, every man, woman, and child that has ever been born has been born as an orphan. As an orphan. We have been born separated from that perfect relationship with our Heavenly Father. We are all born as orphans. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to see yourself as an orphan. Maybe you've never considered this before, but you were born into this world as an orphan. Now, here's what I love about the beauty of this passage. Again, it, it demonstrates God's love and his plan for us. It says, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. You know, to many, if not most of you who are, who are listening to this in person or, or online, that's good news. That is good news. And when you hear it, you, you, you feel, you hear this good news of God. Some of you may, may even, it may conjure up the, these images in your mind of, of adoption, right? Um, maybe it's like a Hallmark kind of movie. You know, you've probably seen one of those scenes where you've got this uh, little lost, um, lonely, sad boy or girl, right? And then this loving couple comes up and, and they're there to adopt them. And then the little boy or girl, they go running into the arms of the couple. And then you see them holding hands as they walk off you know, to, to live together happily ever after in perfect bliss. Let, let me tell you, um, let me just tell you the truth about that. That's, that's a lie. All right, that is nobody's story. All right, that is nobody's story. No matter who you are, you don't just live happily ever after. It is not that pretty of a picture because we all have issues. We are all orphans in need of adoption by God the Father. And we have issues. Um, let, me, let me ask you this. I, I don't know it, if you know this, but every adopted child comes with trauma. Every adopted child comes with attachment issues. Every adopted child comes with trust issues. Every adopted child comes with relationship issues. And because of the trauma and because of those relationship issues and trust issues and attachment issues, we come with identity issues. Every child that is adopted. Because we're all orphans. Now, 
Um, the level of trauma and the extent of the issues varies from person to person, but we all have them. We all have them. And Carol and I have been involved in, in the um, foster care and adoption um, scene for probably 20-plus years now. More than 20 years ago, we, we first fostered some children until they were adopted. And um, we've learned some things. I, I believe the things that I just shared with you are true. I, I believe they're true. They're things that I have observed personally. And um, I'm no expert on this by any means, but I believe these to be true. And I would even encourage you to, to check me on this. I'm going to ask you a, a few questions in a moment. But 11 years ago, almost to this very day, we had three little boys come to live with us. Three little boys come to live with us, and we knew right away we were going to adopt them. That was our plan from the beginning. As soon as we laid eyes on them, we were like, these are our boys. These are the boys that God has, has set aside for us. He has chosen them for us. They are members of our family. We're going to adopt them. And it took over a year, though, for that process to become official. I've got a picture of them. They're, they're um, actually, this is um, Judge Bo Trumbull. That's actually him in the background. They are at his desk, and uh, this is the day that their adoption became official, that they became McLucas's. Aren't they some adorable little fellas? They are just about as adorable today. The um, Craig in that picture, he is four years old there. Sam over on the other side, he just turned three, and then Cody's not quite two years old in that picture. And um, they have, have been a great joy, and, and we're thankful that we were able to adopt them early on in their lives. But do you know this? That even though they were adopted at an early age, they had all suffered trauma. That they would all have issues to work through, whether it's attachment, trust, relationship issues, that they would struggle to know their true identity. That was true for them, and it's true for every child that has been orphaned and will be adopted, and it's true for every one of us because we are all born into this world as orphans. Now, I'm curious, how many of you have maybe some experience with, with foster care or adoption um, maybe you've, you've been adopted, maybe you've fostered or you've adopted somebody, or maybe you have somebody close to you that has and you've been involved in that process. How many people have some, some background in that? So a lot of folks, right? So, so let me ask you some questions. Would you agree with me that most, if not all, adopted children suffer from some form of trauma? Would you guys agree? Yeah. You know, it may be emotional trauma or, or physical or even sexual trauma, but most, if not all of them, suffer from trauma. Um, would you agree that, that many, if not most, suffer from some attachment issues? Yes, they do. You know, and it looks different based on the child. It's interesting. One of the things you'll learn is sometimes some of those children, they have a hard time really embracing people and sharing openly, and others have apparently the, the exact opposite. Like, they embrace pretty much everybody and anyone. 
And, and they share sometimes far too much than they should, you know, initially. You know, but so attachment issues, they're there, but they may look different than you might think. Um, let me ask you, um, would you agree that many, if not all, adopted children have trust issues? They do, right? It, it only makes sense. Um, adopted children are trying to figure out, are you going to provide for me? Are you going to protect me? Right? Um, sometimes you'll, you'll see that manifest in, in different ways. A lot of times children will hoard food. It's a trust issue. Um, they may steal money from you or possessions. It's a trust issue. Um, a lot of times they push back on the rules, on the boundaries, because they see them as, as punitive instead of a means of safety. Many of them have a, a fear of the unknown because they have lacked control over their situation and their circumstances. They, they don't approach adventure with a sense of freedom. Uh, truth may seem relative to them because people, especially adults in their lives, have not been truthful. And they may be really rebellious. They may act out. They may even be hateful, trying to push you away because they're wondering, are you going to abandon them as well? And that's one of the ways that they test you. See, they have trust issues. With those of you who have been involved with, with some of these kids, would you agree that they also have relationship issues? Again, I, I think it goes without saying, but um, a lot of them have a difficult time expressing love and receiving love because they haven't grown up with this this godly, unconditional type of love for a lot of those, those children. Um, love has been a little bit more transactional. If you do this, then I will love you. Right? Um, <clears throat> they've had a difficult time communicating openly and honestly because their core relationship with their, their biological mother and father has been fractured. They have a difficult time relating to others in, in various forms of relationships. And it's also interesting that a lot of time they have a tendency to glorify the past, even though it was incredibly painful. Have you known that to be true? And then finally, would you agree that, that many, if not all of them, because of the trauma, because of the issues that they've had to endure, they have identity issues as well. They have a problem understanding their true core identity. You know, I, I think, I'm no expert, but I think all these things are true. I, I've witnessed them, and I think most of you guys have as well if you've been involved in, in that process. And um, that's why I think this may be a difficult passage for some people to really grab hold of. It's important that we first understand that all of us are born in this world as spiritual orphans. We're all born into this world as spiritual orphans. 
because of that original sin of Adam and Eve, there is this divide between our Heavenly Father and us. And so one of the things that we share in common is we are all orphans, that God has no naturally born children. Nobody is naturally born into the family of God. You have to be adopted into the family of God. You have to be adopted into the family of God. See, um, we're all created in the image of God, but we are not all children of God. So we are all created in the image of God, but we are not all children of God. You must be adopted into his family. And, and that's a process, right? So um, what you have to recognize, first of all, you got to sort of own it that, that I'm an orphan, that I am separated from God the Father. You, you have to recognize that, that you have this desire. You know there is this, this innate longing, if you will, to be in this family. And so the way that plays out is, is you just come to God and, and you confess that, that, that you've been rebellious, that you've gone your own way. You, you have to come to God and you have to say, God, I accept your grace, which is found in and through the person of Jesus Christ. I, I, I ask for your forgiveness. I, I ask, would you, would you give me your spirit? You have to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to really work in you and through you to transform you more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, when you surrender to him, your identity changes and you go from being an orphan to a child of God. Instantly, your identity changes. You go from being an orphan to a child of God. But here's the challenge. Even though that happens and you've undergone this identity change, most of us have a hard time embracing that new identity. We have a difficult time embracing that new identity. Why do you think that is? It's because we've all been orphaned and we have all suffered trauma and we all have attachment issues and trust issues and relationship issues, and as a result of all that, we have identity issues. And that's something we all share in common. That's why it's such a difficult thing to fully and completely identify as a child of God, as someone who has been united to God's family through this uniting that we experience with Jesus Christ, that we become a member of God's family and a a member of this family, too. That as you look around, it's kind of a messy family, right? We all come with our, our different issues. It's a mess, but it's a glorious mess. It's a beautiful mess that we are. And so um, we struggle. Now, the level of struggle the le really has to do with the level of trauma and the level of suffering we've experienced up to that point. And sometimes even beyond the point of truly being adopted into God's family. Um, if you grew up in a, in a loving Christian home, then hopefully, you know, that, that trauma and, and those issues are minimized. And for you, when you come to be adopted into God's family, it's easier, hopefully, for you to fully embrace your core identity as being in Christ Jesus, as being a child of God. For others, maybe you've suffered a lot of trauma. 
Maybe there are a lot of issues that you have to work through. And so it's that much more difficult for you to identify as a child of God, as one who is in Christ Jesus. And that is understandable. It is understandable. Um, we struggle. No matter who you are, you're going to struggle. See, we struggle to see ourselves as saints instead of sinners, as adopted children to God through faith in Jesus Christ. I talked about this two weeks ago. We struggle to see ourselves, to call ourselves saints instead of sinners. We, we struggle to accept God's love because we don't feel worthy. We don't feel worthy of God's love, and so we struggle to embrace it, to own it. That's where grace comes in because you don't earn God's love. He just freely gives it to you through Jesus Christ. We struggle. We struggle to believe that God is good. That God is good because we've experienced some things in this world and in this lifetime that are anything but good. We struggle to trust that God is going to provide for us. Because there have been times when, when we've been deeply needy. We struggle to see God as our protector. Because many, if not most, have suffered abuse of some form or another. You know, we struggle sometimes to trust that when Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that that's true that that's a trustworthy statement that he made because many of us have, extreme, have experienced extreme loneliness in our lives. We struggle. We struggle. See, if you're struggling today with your identity, your core identity, that God wants you, that God loves you, that he has chosen you, that through faith in Jesus, you are a child of God. If you're struggling with your identity as one being in Christ Jesus, then no, you are not alone. I, I think we all struggle with that to different degrees, but it is every man, woman, and child's struggle, even for those who are in Christ Jesus through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a struggle, but you are not alone. You are not alone. And while your struggle may be personal, it is not unique. It is not unique. Your struggles are not unique to you. Many people have similar struggles. I want you to hear, you are not alone. And if you have those doubts and those questions that pop into your mind, it's okay. You are not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. You've got a lot to deal with. It's difficult for us to embrace our new God-given identity as children of God, and no longer orphans. Now, um, the answers to our struggles, they're all, they're all found in Jesus. That's the good news. So if you're trying to deal with your struggles, you, you need to look to Jesus. You need to draw closer to Jesus. And, and there's a number of ways that, that we can do that. Um, first, it, it, I, I think it's just simply just asking Jesus, just, just say, Jesus, please reveal yourself to me. Just reveal yourself to me. Like, soften my heart. Open up my heart to you. Um, soften my mind. Open up my mind to you. Um, open up my eyes so that I might see you. Not only in, in like, this, this spiritual way of seeing, but, but in this 
real physical way, that I can see you at work in the lives of those around me, that I can see you at work in, in my own life. Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me? Then I think it's critical that, that you get to know Jesus. You, you need to get to know him as he's revealed himself in the Bible. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four different stories by four different authors, all inspired by, by the Holy Spirit that wrote down parts of Jesus' life. Get to know him. Read it. Study it. Embrace it. Draw near to Jesus. Then I, I would say you need to get with other people who have now been adopted into the family of God on a weekly basis. That's why we have small groups and life groups. And, and seek Jesus together because you're going to find out while, while your, your story, your struggles may be personal, they're not unique. A lot of other people are struggling similarly. And when we come together, we can encourage and help one another. And then you need to pray because um, there, there needs to be healing. Each and every one of us needs healing. Again, from the trauma, from the different issues that we suffer. I, I want you to see, um, I've got a, a slide up here. Sue Vinson, I want you to contact her. Either call her or you can email her. Her contact information is on the screen. You can just even email prayer at orchardhillschurch.org and she will get it. But we have teams of trained prayer ministers that would love to come alongside of you and, and help you enter into the presence of God and receive the kind of deep healing that only he can provide. We all struggle. We all suffer from trauma and various issues. But God can bring about healing. He can bring about wholeness. But we need to draw closer to him through the person of Jesus Christ. And so I believe as we do this, that when we read these verses over again, that they'll become personal. That, that at some point we'll be able to read it and it'll sound like this. In love, he predestined me. He predestined me for adoption to himself as a son or a daughter through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed me in Jesus, my beloved, my beloved. I pray that that would be true for you, that it would become that personal and that real. You know, last night, um, Carolyn and, and the boys and I went to see the Jesus Revolution film. So some of you guys were there with us. How many people have seen Jesus Revolution? A good number. If you haven't seen this movie, I'm telling you, you need to go see it. It, it was it was well done. It wasn't one of the B kind of Christian movies out there that you typically see. It was well done, and it was moving. I mean, I nearly jerked a tear. The, um, like, but it was moving. And um, I'm not going to, you can look up the story, but there, there was one scene at the, at the very end, and uh, this, this one guy that was part of the Jesus movement in the 70s, his name was Lonnie Frisbee, and he's having this interaction with um, another guy whose name is Greg Lowry. And he made this statement. And he said to Greg, he said, we're all orphans. We're all orphans in an orphan movement. 
and an orphan movement. And it just gave me chills thinking, you know, we may be born orphans, but most of us here, we're, we're part of an orphan movement. And I don't know about you, but as I'm looking around the country specifically right now, there seems to be a movement of God. It's happening on college campuses. It's happening in churches. And, and there's a movement where people are going from being orphans to being adopted children of God. And it is exciting. And, and I love the movie because it, it really points to a lot of people's needs and that their needs and their identity ultimately are discovered through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the key. Some of the issues that people were dealing with 50 years ago, they're the same issues we're dealing with today. They just look a little different, but the answer is the same. It's Jesus Christ. May our identities be found in him. Let's pray. Dear God, thanks so much. Thanks that um, you didn't leave us as orphans that um, you knew this was the problem from the very beginning and you had a plan and that plan was Jesus and that we can be united with Jesus and then become um, adopted children of yours. We can be members of the family of God and we thank you for the incredible gift that is. We also recognize too that, that we struggle. We still have struggles. Um, we're, we're people with trauma who are suffering in, in a difficult and broken world. We, we have our issues, and I thank you that that is not lost on you and that you want to bring about the healing and wholeness that we all need. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that anybody that has thought that they are alone, that they are odd, that, that something's wrong with them, that they would know right now that they are not, that, that they are just like everybody else in one degree, one form or another. We are all orphans. We thank you for the grace that you've extended to us through the gift of faith in Jesus Christ. May we embrace that faith. May we embrace Jesus. May we embrace our new identity as being in Christ Jesus, as children of God. We pray it all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.